I knew that kind of sacrifice. I had lived in a household that had the basics, but none of the extras. It gave him great pleasure to give away his money so that his grandkids would be happy. I just hoped their parents made sure they knew where the money came from. You seem happy tonight, Curtis said, scooping up a forkful of peas. Me? He nodded. I ain't seen you smile in weeks. What's up? I shrugged. I had a good day at school. I sort of lied. That's nice. School was never good for me. I'm glad you enjoy it. Most days I do, I agreed. School had always offered a stability I never had at home, and today it had offered me a shot at revenge. Although we were served after the Alperts, Curtis and I always finished our meals before them. I took our dishes over to the sink, rinsed them off, and put them in the dishwasher. Helen would have to hand wash the gold-rimmed china and crystal glassware the Alperts used. If she ever broke a piece, she threw a hissy fit, which was kind of fun to see, but that night I wasn't about to hang around to watch. Well, I've got homework to do, so I guess I'll head on up to my room. You're a good boy, Jeffrey. I know Mr. Richard is proud of you. I forced a smile. Why did he have to say that? If I could pull off step one of my plan, I'd definitely not be a good boy. Still, I wasn't about to let that stop me. I'll see you in the morning, I said, and left the kitchen, heading for the stairs. The Alperts always languished at the dinner table, having dessert and coffee. Not that they spoke to one another much. It seemed like they did it because they always had. Mrs. Alpert would appear outside the door to her room around seven. You could practically set your watch by her. And so, at 6.55, I took off all my clothes, tossing all but my underwear into the hamper in the bathroom. The Alperts kept the house at an even 70 degrees during the day, and Curtis turned the heat down to 65 at night, his last duty of the day before he too turned in for the night. Still, seventy didn't seem all that warm when you had nothing on. I sat on the chair before the small desk in my bedroom and stared at the clock. If Mrs. Alpert stayed true to form, she'd erupt through my door within the next five minutes to pick on me once again. 656, 657, 6.58. The handle rattled, and the door to my room was suddenly thrown open. Why must you always— but then stopped as her wide eyes took in my lack of clothes. I dropped the pen I'd been holding. You startled me. Now I've dropped my pen, I said tersely. God, no wonder I never tried out for the drama club. I had to be the worst actor on the face of the planet. But I knew my performance was about to bring the house down. I got up from my chair, my bare ass pointed at Mrs. Albert, and bent over, giving her a full moon. Good Lord, she cried, and I took in her horrified expression as seen between my bare knees. She turned and bolted, leaving my bedroom door wide open. Before I could cross the room to close it, I heard her slam the door to her own bedroom suite. Shit-eating grin? (laughs) Yeah, baby. That bitch was never going to violate my privacy again. Plan A had succeeded. Next up, plan B. I shut my bedroom door and looked forward to tomorrow, or the next day. I'd have to spring my next diabolical plot at just the right moment. In the meantime, old Mrs. Alpert had no clue that the worst was yet to come.